Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of On Grace. We're super glad that you are along for the ride with the DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince of Broadway United Methodist Church, Wendell Van Valen and Wayne Hunter. And my friends, if you could see the looks on their faces, do y'all know who that is, right? Yes, I okay. do know who the French Prince is. But do you know <laughs> d- his, his partner no. in crime? He kind of got left behind, yeah. you know, DJ Jazzy Evidently. Jeff. Never heard of him. Um, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince put out um, incredible hits in the, I guess, late 80s, early 90s, uh, summertime. Parents huh? just don't understand. Is this not the 60s summertime? Summertime, summertime, some, some, summertime. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, they also had a great song called, um, uh, like, I'm Afraid of Freddy or something like that. Like, they had a rap with, they had a rap with Freddy Krueger. Oh. In it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're like, um, got, we got to, we got to, that's what happened hey, to DJ Breezy. I remember that one. DJ Jazzy Jeff. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Do what you got. DJ, DJ Breezy. Breezy. Breezy, yeah. It's jazzy. DJ oh. Jazzy Jeff. Okay. And when, and when Will Smith was on The Fresh Prince, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, um, he, he ultimately got uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff on as like a guest star. Oh. Playing the role of jazz. There you go. Fresh As opposed to Breeze. As opposed to Breeze. I don't know who DJ Breezy is. That sounds like a laundry detergent. (laughs) I think it is. We could be sued over this. Well, um, yeah, we claim no copyright (laughs) infringements here. Infringement. um, The word just slipped across our tongue. We we didn't mean to. But Uh, for the Fresh Prince would rap, and, of course, Jazzy Jeff would, uh, you know, he would lace the track. uh Uh-huh. Oh. Still getting. He would do what? Lace the track. Lace you know, the track. Lace wiki, 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 wiki. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. Lace is the word. I'm, I mean, it, I'm. The older I get, the less sure I am of the nomenclature. <laughs> it was then. But it was yeah. then. It was then. Yeah. 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 You guys have heard that, right? No, no. I've not heard that term, <laughs> no. but I'll believe you on that one. We'll take your word. All right. Nevertheless, <laughs> yeah, sitting down and let's have a rap session. Good segue. Yeah. Well, the misunderstanding in this room is to be blamed on no one. So that further segue does <laughs> right. into what we're going to talk about. Um, to start out, we're going to kind of talk about why are we so inclined as humans to have to blame somebody or something for any misfortune, misunderstanding, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. something that went left when we wanted to go right. Somebody's fault. It's my fault, your fault, God's fault, gravity's fault, my education's fault, whatever. The dog ate it, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) It's got to be somebody's fault. Why do we have to do that? Um, Is that, well, I guess we should ask the question, is that healthy thinking or unhealthy? And But if it's unhealthy, we probably don't want to do that. Why do we do that? So you had some thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, brilliant thoughts, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I think it, I think it has to do with uh, control on the one hand, this idea that if I know who's to blame, I can make sure it doesn't happen again. And this this need to, um, to fix things, uh, those don't sound very brilliant, but <laughs> that's my thoughts anyway. Well, kind of hyper-hover. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's my job to make a Nerf world for everybody. And I I think this idea of preventing it in the future makes us feel more secure. Uh, And I think that the option here is to believe that there is always enough grace 
that no matter whose fault it is, no matter who's to blame, no matter what happens, if I can wake up in the morning and say, no matter what happens today, no matter if I mess up, somebody else messes up, uh, if nobody messes up but it still goes sideways, that at the end of the day, grace will cover me and this, and there will continue to be possibilities for me to discover life, that there is nothing that comes this day that is greater than the grace that God offers to me. And so I don't have to control the future. The future is secure in this sense that God will never abandon us and that his grace will be sufficient and that he is always present. Uh, and so I don't have to do that blame game or whose fault is it uh, and, and try to fix things, but I have this trust, this assurance, uh, so that I'm not trying to, to make sure nothing goes sideways, but this assurance that when they do, uh, there will be grace there to help me sort through that. See, if you if you're gonna put this on a timeline, the the blame game it it, it gets you going and coming, because you have all kinds of regrets and um, obsessions over why did that happen, mm-hmm. whose fault was right. it, and then then that's your past, past right. and and then you're looking to the future of how can we make sure this never happens again, right? So you're living in this wad all wadded up, yeah trying to figure out whose fault it was and then make sure that it doesn't happen again. Right. And it occurred to me when you said, you know, in the future, um, time is so relative to God. Um, Everything just is to him. It wasn't ever past, present, future. It just is to him. So when you look to the future, God's sitting there waiting on you. He's already been there. Yeah. You know? And so he's, he's like, it ain't no big deal. Right. You're, the the milk you spilled today, um, it's sitting right here in front of me tomorrow. Yeah, it's gonna be okay. Right. It's it's um, it's not gonna be off putting to me. You're the ones that are having an issue with it. Right. Um, but it, but one thing you said about there's always enough grace to cover it. My concern is that when we and, and I don't know how else to say it, but when we talk like that, sometimes we almost make it sound like, well, there's enough grace to cover it. You know, it's kind of like grace is a consolation prize. But I think when you press into grace, when you explore grace, life becomes a party. When you spill your milk or whatever the issue is, it's no longer <sighs> this heavy mm-hmm. thing. It's it's like we're down here on the floor cleaning this up. What can we talk about while we're here? What can we discover down here? Yeah. What can we... Right. It, grace isn't the consolation. Grace is in the good and the bad. Like you've been saying, right. life is very, very hard, but it's also very, very good. Yeah. And grace is not just present in the good. It's present in the right. bad. And it's just as tasty and yeah. just as delightful and just as intriguing right. in the bad as it is the good. Right. Yeah. So it, it's not a consolation. Right. Yeah. And and our I believe what it means to be in Christ is to have that flavor to your life to the way I experience life, but also the way I express life so that grace is the flavor that people taste when they're around me. Yeah. It's the, it's the flavor of my life in the moments, you know, good and bad. Right. That's still the flavor of it. And, uh, and so once, and once we begin to experience that, then I think we also begin to express that to others and maybe not even intentionally or deliberately, but it just kind of, you know, oozes out yeah. of us so that when we walk in the room or when we 
start a conversation, people sense there's a flavor here that uh, is pretty attractive and pretty, you know, um, freeing, as we talked about earlier, but also invites this, this creates this safe place that people feel invited into. I think yeah. that's part of what grace does is makes people feel safe but also welcome. I don't know if this metaphor works. I'm going to try it. But in the West, we herd sheep with dogs, and we chase them. We drive them. If you watch a, like a Scottish uh, shepherd with his dog or pack of dogs, whatever, mm-hmm. they run the sheep out of fear, and they they nip at their heels, and they keep them surrounded and force them to go places that they normally wouldn't want to go. Mm-hmm. But in Jesus' time, if I understand it correctly, at night they would bring all the different flocks in and put them in a common fold in the middle of the town mm-hmm. to keep them safe. And then in the morning, each shepherd would come to the door of the fold and call in his own yeah. whistle, his own right. song, his own melody, and the sheep would all filter their way out right. and follow his the sheep, shepherd yeah. out right. into the field. That, and that's um, to live in, in legalism and should and ought and all that, that we used to live in those are dogs driving us. Yeah. And right. instead, this is a shepherd calling us. Right. Saying, I mean, because the, the, the fold feels safe at night, but daytime I want to be out. You know, yeah. I'm a sheep eating grass and drinking right. water and in the sunshine yeah. and jumping around. Yeah. Um, and he says, let's go do that. Yeah. <clears throat> so to me, grace is, is so much an invitation. Right. That calls us. Yeah. And not a dog that drives us. Right. It's, it's an invitation. That, yeah. And, and it's it's fun. I mean, yeah. and, and you're going to f- get lost. You're going to fall down or you're going to eat some bad grass and get a stomachache or whatever every yeah. now and then. Right. But you, you still hear the shepherd's voice. Right. You still. Yeah. You, he's he's going to take care of you. Right. And, and I think there's this, this is a, that grace pulls us. It doesn't push us. It attracts us. And part of that attraction is is because we recognize in it that this is who we were created to be. This is the life that God intended for us uh, when he made Adam and Eve. It's it, not that this sense of adventure and freedom and joy, uh, even when it's hard, you know, even when it's hard uh, and not what we would choose it to be, that even in the midst of that, there's this assurance that underneath all of it is this grace of God that is the foundation yeah. and that continues to draw us. We've talked about being in an orbit around God and how the gravity of uh, of his, not the heaviness, but the attraction of his love keeps us in this relationship. That Sometimes we feel like it's our responsibility, but God started it. He enjoys it more than we do. It's He has said, you know, I'm going to bring this to completion. So he's all in. Um, and so this idea that that we don't have to control it or, or fix it, uh, but we can trust this heart of God who began the work and who can sustains it. Hmm. What are you thinking, JB? I'm just I'm wondering, even back to what you guys started with, how much of trying to find a cause and effect is... Um, like it's not, it's it's seeing a cause and effect where there's not really a cause and effect. What, so, for example, um, I was watching the news the other day, and they had a report that teen suicides had increased 
after the release of 13 Reasons Why. So for those of you who haven't seen it, 13 Reasons Why is a show on Netflix where a young lady uh, commits suicide and then um, after her death, like uh, it comes to light that she's made these recordings and here's the 13 mm. Reasons Why she has mm. um, made that choice. Made that mm-hmm. choice, yes. Mm-hmm. And so the folks doing the report were um, essentially saying, oh. you know, there's a correlation right. between, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but if you zoom out, it's like, well, actually, right. su- suicides were r- rising before Before that, that right. and continue, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. continue right. to rise. So that was just one moment in time. So right. it was, right, right. it was definitely a case where correlation did not equal right. causation, yeah. but the way in which they were presenting it made it made it seem that way. Yeah, and how many how many ways in which we have we have done that i mean right like when people run for office for example you know it's right uh, here is a problem and um here here is here is the way to fix it mm-hmm. um but less than that i mean more often it's it's not so much that as much as it is um here not so much how we can fix it yeah right but uh here is the problem and here's who is causing it right so though right. th- and those people need to need to face consequences right yeah. right so mm-hmm. yeah. um not wages are low because of illegal immigration or or, or, right. or just as an example yeah 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 uh, which i think is a dumb example and a horrible example but nevertheless yeah, yeah. Um, it works so i i guess i'm just like i guess i'm just thinking like how much of the cause and effect that we create, um, the blame that we live into on both sides is actually manufactured blame. Right. Like it's, it's not my fault that this thing happened, yeah. but I blame myself. Yeah, It's also not their fault that this right. thing happened, but right. to make me feel better, I'm, I'm going right. to blame them. Yeah. I think that's the thing is it gives us this illusion that we can control it and yeah. fix things, and that makes me feel better. Yes. So whether it's right or wrong – isn't really the issue right it, it creates that illusion of having control and and preventing it yeah from happening again um, i'm also curious as to like when there is like when there is on the, the flip side of that like when there is legitimate blame mm-hmm. right like i experienced legitimate trauma from someone right and it and yeah i, I rightly right. blame them right um but but what's done is done you know, so yeah. how how grace enters into the picture there, and even though it can't necessarily be fixed, you can't go back in time, you can't keep it from happening, you can't right. undo what is done. Right. How how grace in the midst of that, um, I don't want to say nullifies the past, but yeah, creates a I, new future. I, th- I think there's, <coughs> I think this may be more complex than we think because there's the there's the whole idea of cause and effect. That's a philosophical concept, but there's also just the idea of cause and effect scientifically. Right. You know, that's it's indisputable. You can't when you begin to roll a ball toward the edge of a table, you caused it to move, and the effect will be it will fall off the table. Say an egg. Okay, that is a little more. Sure. The consequence is a little messier than the ball. So there's, I mean, there's a cause and effect, and so you keep polluting the atmosphere. It's destroying the, you know, the global warming, and now we've got rising. That's cause and effect that's that's happening. I think what the problem is is I think that intersects a little bit in relationships and community. It does some, maybe more than some. But in terms of the way we interact with each other, in terms of the way that 
documentary on Netflix interacted supposedly with the increase in, you know, you can't, I, I made that egg roll off the table. There's no dispute. You can't make those scientific realities. You can't just use them as a, and, and lay them over top of relational, whether it's sure, yeah, one on one or communal. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And I think that's what I think that's what we get into, is people listening to us may think, all you ever talk about is grace, and it's so simplistic, and it doesn't make sense. We're we're not talking about if it, you can push all the eggs you want to off the table, and they break, and there's no consequences. And no, that's not. There are consequences to your decisions, right? Realistically, and 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 it accumulates over time. But but there's always grace for the misunderstandings between two people or two two groups of people. Yeah, and I think at the heart of that grace is reconciliation and restoration, uh, without the agenda of it saying it, it can never happen again. Right. And so I think that's. That's part of how grace works. It's not a preventative to make sure everything's going that this will never they'll never hurt me again. Sure. But you know, hopefully that's what you hope for. But that's not part of what grace does. Grace is for about reconciliation and restoration in relationships. Right. In yeah. relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for being a part of this episode of On Grace. My name is Jason Brown, and a programming note for us, we will take a brief summer hiatus from On Grace, and we will return in August. We hope you have a great rest of the summer. On behalf of Wayne Hunter and Wendell Van Valen, thanks for being a part of this conversation.